now we'd like to do something um, we don't often do. Give someone a chance to sing. We just often sing. And here he is, all out of key and nervous, singing act naturally. Ringo! Oops, I'm ranking some songs. Ooh, it's Beatles songs. That's what I'm ranking. Ooh, baby, baby. That's what I got today. A little Britney Spears little action. Britney Jean Spears. Yes. Pride of Louisiana. Pride of Louisiana. Yeah. Representing for the home state today. There was a whole billboard. Several. Pepsi-sponsored billboards yes. back in the heyday. Yes. Ah, oh, man. Memories. Hello, good friends. Welcome to Ranking the Beatles. How are you? My name is Jonathan. And I'm Julia. Welcome to episode number 19 of yeah. our little podcast. It's Song 200 Day, y'all. It's Woo. a big day. It's our first um, milestone milestone number, I think. Yeah. Best way to put it. But uh, yeah, we're excited about it. We're glad you're here. Um, welcome to all of our new listeners, because our numbers keep going up, and that is fantabulous. You guys, I'm so proud of our little baby pod. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. It's been it's been cool. Um, I honestly thought this would be like five of Jonathan's friends, and that was it. But <laughs> yeah. it's way more than that, and I'm really excited. Yeah. Thanks for not hating us. Thanks for uh, <laughs> leaving for having good uh, good back and forth comments on the Facebooks with mm-hmm. us. We enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, be sure to check out. Um, if you go to anchor.fm slash ranking the Beatles, you can send us a voice message and give us your hot take. We want to talk hot takes. It'll be fun. Yeah. We're going to do a little bonus hot take episode, I think, is the plan. <laughs> do, 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 the do, hot do. takes. Hot takes. But, uh, Flaming hot. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> but before we even approach hot takes episode, we have a really good episode for you today. I'm very, very excited about it, y'all. Today, our guests are an amazing country group from here in new orleans which is not something you hear very often new orleans is not known for its country music however it's a group it's two sisters and a cousin uh i think born and raised in mississippi but from new orleans now for the last long while uh they actually got their start busking on royal street they like made enough money on royal street to make their first record that's impressive that's a lot of work and uh just, I mean, if you like harmony and three-part harmonies and catchy songs, these are the, the, the women for you guys. I mean, they are fantastic. Um, I was introduced to them um, by their manager who produced uh, the last record for my band. I've been able to do uh, some songwriting with them for their next record. Um, but they are, they've got a new single out right now called Jesus and Alcohol, uh, which is a jam. It is storming the country charts. It's currently number two on the CMT 12-pack countdown. Amazing. Which, y'all, that's that's big stuff. That is. I don't, how did we get them on our podcast? I feel like they're way too famous for us. Yeah. It's big stuff. They're doing they're doing things, y'all. Um, they, they're doing things. So, uh, they're, so they're number two on the CMT thing, which if you dig their song in the video, you can actually vote for it. Uh, we'll have the link for that on our socials and in the show notes. Um, earlier this year, they were, and this is like pre-quarantine when, was when I met them. Um, they were nominated for Best Emerging Artist by Offbeat Magazine. Excellent. Yeah. 
And then, just recently, they were named the Mississippi Songwriters of the Year. Amazing. So why they have my bunk ass writing songs with them, I don't know. They don't need you. They don't need me. I am riding coattails. I mean, what else is I got a firm grip, and I'm riding high. (laughs) Uh, But for real, y'all, they are fantastic, and this is going to be a wonderful conversation. I got a feeling. I'm so excited. Yeah. So, it is my pleasure to introduce Danica. Tree and Devin. Friends, please welcome to the show, Chapel Heart. Yeah! Woohoo! Welcome to the show, if you would please, uh, because there's three of you, and this now makes the most, uh, n- the highest number of people we've ever had on our show. Go ahead and introduce yourself so our guests know who everybody is. I'm Tree. I'm Danica. And I'm Devin. And we're Chapel Heart. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. That's that freaking was- adorable. <laughs> I love it. That's very professional. 15,000 practices later, and we got it down. You got to put in the 10,000 hours. You've obviously done it purely on the intro. So Nailed it. Nailed it. Well, welcome. How have you guys been? How, is, how has quarantine been treating you guys as a, working, as a working band? It has kept us busy, surprisingly. Like We have been trying to stay on the move, putting boots to the ground, doing what we can do as much as we can do while this whole craziness is going on. So y- so y'all are still out playing shows and everything, right? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, we've pretty much been traveling around and you know, whenever somebody's governor says, okay, we're open for a week, we like shoot over there. And then when they close, we go somewhere else. <laughs> we are the double Dutch queens of quarantine and COVID. Look, every time a state goes, it's like hopscotch. If a state goes up or goes back one, we just like hop and hop. <laughs> Every now and then we can catch two at one time. So. <laughs> oh, wow. That's oh awesome. Goodness. You guys have like news alerts on your phone set up. <laughs> Where are we going today? <laughs> they, they, they think we're being very conscientious in tracking the virus. We're just trying to see where we can play. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally feel that. Like my, my band hasn't really done anything in months because like, you know, we're a club band here, but there's no, no clubs to play in. So like me and some other friends like play on porches, acoustic doing like covers because that's the easiest thing that we can find around here so but i know you know seeing what you guys are doing online i've seen y'all play behind like what looks like clear shower curtains and like all kinds of barriers (laughs) yeah and it's been some very interesting stuff we got there and we're like and what is this (laughs) what is is this does this keep you safe they had some um you know how the drum the drum shields they have the ones that are just like individual and you can put them on individual drums they had like a mic shield and it was like the microphone and then the shield was like right it was like right in your face it was so awkward so like you're singing like this like, when I got to the place, so I just had to like, I was like, I gotta take this crab off. Like, like this isn't protecting anybody from anything. Yeah. Because the mic is still right there at your mouth, right? Yeah. Right. And so like, I didn't really understand the point of it. I'm like, we gotta take this off. This is- <laughs> they thought we were gonna get emotional and start spitting on people. <laughs> <laughs> I need one of them in real life. Just regular <laughs> I do need one of those, but it's a, it's different. And it's not like y'all are very, you know, like gentle singers. Like y'all are rocking out. So there's hey. no way that like a little tiny shield is catching it was not, anything. It was like about as big as your mic screen. It was actually maybe about a size or two bigger than the pop screen. And so then like, imagine that. And like, even if you're like trying to be emotional or rock and roll you and you're like, oh, you got the big plate in front of your 
face like not cute. It's like singing to, like like singing into a frying pan. That's like bigger yeah, than your whole face. Exactly what it looked like. Amazing. Well, y- y'all respect to the hustle. Like go out there and get it. I'm super proud of y'all. Super excited for you for y'all. Thank you. So let's dive in a little bit. I want to I want to know. You know, as I was explaining in our intro, you all are a country group, um, but this is a Beatles podcast. So my question to y'all is, how did you first uh, encounter or discover the Beatles? What's your experience with their music? <laughs> I like how like, everybody is. Well, mine personally, like growing up, Danica had us listening to everything under the sun. So if... I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, but no, seriously, like she had us live, like every one of her stations in her car was like a different genre. So she, I'm going to say Danica introduced me to the good old Beatles. Nice. I, uh, I'm going to go next because yours is probably a little longer than mine. <laughs> but um, I heard this song yesterday and I just remember listening to it and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I turned, like, I played it back. I think I actually, like, recorded it from, like, from the radio, like, onto, like, the cassette cassette tape that nice. already had something over, so I recorded over it. And, like, I just remember listening to it just being like, oh, my God. It was just, like, it was, like, I could just hear, like, the sadness in his voice. And I was just like, yes, please. Like, I need to know more about this. I thought so. you were going to say, and I was like, yes, today. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember how old you were? But I should have do you remember how old you were when you heard it? Oh my gosh. Um I'm going to say maybe maybe like 12, 11 or 12, something like that. Like I was a little dramatic as a child, so I was probably <laughs> probably about that time. <laughs> You were just old enough to start having those little feelings. <laughs> it just gotcha. I, I sometimes tell people, I said, I had that moment where my mom said, you can just listen to whatever you want to. And Biggest I was mistakes like, you ever made. Uh, as I was like pressing the buttons, I was just like in a whole new world, like on the radio. And it was just like, it was like life opened up for me. And mm. so that was a defining moment in my career. Right. What there. was it? You know, before you got that, the ability to push whatever button you wanted, what were you, what were you growing up on? What was fed to you as, as a child? Um, my mom and dad mostly just kind of listened to like old school, um, kind of old school rhythm and blues, uh, mm-hmm. gospel music. Um, a lot of Kirk Franklin. Yeah, a lot okay. of Kirk Franklin. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Stomp is what we came up It's like the one Kirk so Franklin weird. song that everybody knows, even if they didn't right. ever like grow up in that world. Everybody knows Stomp. Right. Doesn't matter what religion you are, where you come from, where you're going. If you don't know Stomp, shame on you. That's a jam. <laughs> If you don't know Stomp, you ain't shit. <laughs> but, but, uh, but like, so it was, it was, so really it was just, like, but hence is now why like a lot of times like I'll hear like an R&B song or something old school and I'm like, how do I know this? But, you know, like I just, I had just several, like just many years, probably I feel like way too long before I understood the concept of what the radio was. And so when she was like, just put on whatever, I was like, what? 
and so but other than that so just pretty much mostly r&b um gospel that sort of stuff what was daddy listened to a bit of country too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. my dad my dad's music was a little it it was it was further out there but i I didn't have that con you know what i'm saying like at the time i didn't understand it i didn't know what this what is this different music and um except for there was a few artists that he would like uh, Kenny Rogers, George Jones, he would put it on. And I just knew though I knew them because he would put them on so much. He just wear wear them out. Yeah. And so <laughs> I knew those, but like, you know, like classic rock and stuff like that, other stuff he'd put on. I was just like, what is this? So Nice. I love it. And Trine, what about you? You you have a story apparently. I don't, I don't know. It's only because like there is there there are three i was gonna say there's a singular song but there's not there are three songs that kind of like it was like whoo bam boom bam i love these guys what is this but like i think like the beatles have always been present there was never a moment when like i discovered them i was like always i've always listened to them but i remember i was in miss nelson's third grade class before i got transferred to miss angela smith's class not because i talked too much Listening to the like the opening line of I didn't talk too much. <laughs> You're doing a good job now, so I can only imagine. <laughs> but the the thing that first got me on the Beatles train was Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds because nice. like when I said I was like, wait a minute, what are they talking? Tangerine, marmalades, guys, wait a minute, hold on, what is like cellophane? Wait, hold on, what? And so like, <laughs> listen to it again, and like and like. As a child, like the more you listen to it, the less it made sense, and that made it like that much more magical. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I discovered Eleanor Rigby, and it was like I just pulled all of the emotion out of me. I was like, all oh, of these lonely people. <laughs> and then, you know, and then like there's a scene from the Yellow Submarine movie because the Yellow Submarine is like just always mm-hmm. it's like one of those staples. But Every whenever kid. the Watches that at when some they point. played Eleanor Rigby, and you know, you just see all the people, you know, like just the whole soccer team, and they're playing together, but they're just <laughs> separated. You and they just cry. Right so it's like Eleanor Rigby, like she's in the church, and we're you waiting to get her oxygen you order. I don't see why we it's went the LED lights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> I'm crying. This is all right. I was just crying. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so good. I, actually, I get it. Like we um, we went to England uh, 2017, uh, yeah. and we Jonathan planned this whole like pilgrimage to Liverpool to like visit all the Beatles sites, and like we went and found Eleanor Rigby's grave, and it's actually uh, like the day it was like it was cold but crisp and beautiful the sky was blue it was it's in the middle of a neighborhood you know so it's not there's like not people around like and it was just so beautiful like i get it like you have these emotional reactions to like these little moments of you know the beauty that they've created it's pretty amazing and i can totally identify with the whole like listening to lucy and sky with diamonds and going like what does this mean because i can remember asking my my mom what is he talking about? You know, cellophane flowers. Like, what does that mean? And she's, she goes, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) And so it made me like, want to know even more, like, what is this talking about? And then I realized like, I was just too young to have taken the drugs that they were talking about. It's like Lucy, (laughs) the sky, diamonds. (laughs) It's but I think that's the beauty of the Beatles, especially like 
like kids who are really into the Beatles and they get to rediscover it as adults and then mm. rediscover it again. It's like, oh, that's what I've been saying about all this time. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And a lot of people that we've talked to, they're um, sort of the songs that they gravitate to change over time. You know, like mm-hmm. if they start out more into the earlier popular stuff and then as they get older, they, or sometimes they flip-flop. Sometimes they start out in the the more drug-induced haze kind of era and then sort of later in life find the joy in the simple pop tunes, you know? So it's, it's funny to see how people evolve in their love of the Beatles over time. Agreed. Yeah, I Agreed. Um, yeah. As, you know, as, as singers and songwriters and performers, uh, you know, do any of y'all see any kind of correlation or way that you feel like the Beatles or their music have impacted your work in any way? I would have to say they definitely have impacted mine just because like once I realized like all of the symbolism in their music and it's like it's it's not so direct and I like I have like a passion for words it kind of like challenges you to kind of like anytime we have writing sessions like with Jonathan or anybody else we like tree. Don't come here with all these words. She got like, words every time. Tree will have fifteen words in one line, or, or she'll, she'll, take she'll a read bunch of something. Words. And like you'll read it and be like, "So this is like, so this is the first course. Oh no, that's the first line. Girl, <laughs> let go of some of these words." Well, I mean, there was a point in time where I would walk around and there was literally a thesaurus and like a wrench in my purse, and that was it. <laughs> Don't ask. What's the wrench for? What was the wrench for? Because you might need to fix something. You never know. That's, that's valid. Yeah. <laughs> I do get what you're saying about like the symbolism and stuff. You do do a lot of like play on words type of stuff. Yeah, yeah and because I just think personally, the songs that I listened to as a child and then like kind of came back around to where the songs was like I first of all had no idea what I was singing mm-hmm. and like whether I didn't understand it or I just didn't understand the words they were saying <laughs> but like the songs that kind of make you think and and kind of feel like the metaphorical songs kind of evolve with the listener and like it might mean one thing to the songwriter might mean something to you might mean mm-hmm. something completely different to somebody else because you leave that much to the imagination right it's like you just kind of you set the stage and then they write their own play with the words that you've given them yeah and I, you know, I think anybody who who tries their hand at writing songs in any in in any capacity you know once you hear you know once you kind of get into the the beatles world you know especially like with john lennon like his way with lyrics and wordplay is so uh so different and so weird and kind of on its own it's something that's just it's so fun to try and even not emulate because it's really hard to emulate but even to like try to attempt to think about maybe emulating like it's just a lot of fun as a writer i think right i love it and then as a listener because let's be clear not a musician this girl right here no no (laughs) musical talents (laughs) but as a person who enjoys music uh, it's always nice to find those songs where, you know, two people will listen to the same song and have completely different interpretations of it. Like, I love that conversation of like, well, I think it's about this. Well, I think it's about this. And you're like, what? I never even thought of it that way. That's bonkers. That conversation is about to happen today because just as we logged on, uh, the song that we're going to talk about today, we were like, we started talking about it and we were like, what? 
<laughs> so it should be some interesting conversation. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's take a quick, uh, a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we'll jump into the song. Cool? Cool. Awesome. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We're back with Chapel Heart. Here we go. Y'all ready to do some ranking? Let's yes. rank. Rank <laughs> and rank. All right, y'all. Coming in at number 200. Wow, 200. Ooh. That's a big number today. Yes. Coming in at number oh. 200 is Act Naturally. Nineteen sixty-five, after they hit a big whiffer early in the sessions for the Help album and soundtrack, uh, with a song called "If You've Got Trouble," uh, the Beatles approached the end of the album sessions and still needed a vocal track for Ringo Starr. Ringo always had a vocal on every Beatles album. They tried this song called "If You've Got Trouble." It sucks, so they got rid of it. Uh, so now the band has always had kind of a soft spot for country music. Country songs are always in their repertoire, even back to their early days. Songs by Chet Atkins and Carl Perkins. Uh, and George Harrison's guitar work especially leans heavily onto those two players as well. Uh, and Ringo is a huge, uh, a huge country fan. Uh, and so much so is that his, his second solo record in 1971 is a full-on country album that he cuts in Nashville with all the top session players uh, called Buku of Blues. Quite a good album, actually. Um, so they still need a track for old Ringo. So they say, Ringo, what do you want to do? And he says, I'd like to do Buck Owens' Act Naturally. Now, this song actually has a pretty interesting story. Uh, it was written by a country singer named Johnny Russell, originally from Oklahoma. He'd been kind of slugging away, doing the bar circuit in California, uh, was based out of Fresno, and one night was on a date with his girlfriend. At whatever bar or restaurant they were at, he got a phone call from friends in Los Angeles who wanted to fly to immediately to L.A. to come work on some songs. This dude straight up left his girlfriend in a restaurant to go to L.A., and she goes, why do you have to leave so soon? And he jokingly said, well, they're going to put me in the movies and make a big star out of it. And so he left her. And then as he's on the plane, he's thinking, that's actually a really good lyric. And starts writing the song based on that lyric. Uh, so he gets to L.A., finishes the song with another writer named Vonnie Morrison, who was a female songwriter who'd been working with Buck Owens, who at that point was kind of like the most popular country star on the West Coast. Uh now, he'd had like a string of eight top ten hits by 1963, uh, with two songs peaking at number two. But despite that success, and this is where the industry comes into play, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this, he was told he would never get any further unless he relocated to Nashville. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> So he records, he record, he decides to record the song Act Naturally. Capitol Records releases their, his recording in May of 63, and by June, he had his first number one, where it spent a solid month on the top of the charts and a total of six months on the charts as well, skyrocketing Buck Owens to further success. Fast forward to 1965, the Beatles track it completely live in 13 takes, 
with Take 13 being the master and the only one on which Ringo and Paul do their vocal. It's actually the last time the Beatles record a cover song for a record until 1969 during the Get Back Project. So, why do I have Act Naturally at number 200? So I think there's, at least in this recording, I think there's a good bit of tongue-in-cheek irony within the song. Um, Now, if you've never seen the Beatles uh, films A Hard Day's Night and Help, uh, Ringo is always kind of the one with like the best acting chops and the most natural kind of on-screen charisma. So it makes this makes the most sense for him to be the one singing. They're going to put me in the movies. Cause he's the one that like just works on screen. Uh, so that persona kind of carries the tune as well. Cause it lets him kind of lean to kind of like the, Oh, shucks, uh, quality that his vocal kind of always has. Uh, so it really works for him just as far as a personality. Uh, George's country chops really get a chance to shine on this song. Like I said before, he grew up loving Carl Perkins, uh, Chet Atkins stuff. So his playing's really smooth. Sounds a lot like uh, a pedal steel, even though it's just him on his Gretsch. Uh, Paul's harmonies are really nice on it. Um, you know, and I think it's one of the songs that, like, it does its job well. It gives the drummer a song for a couple minutes. Um, it serves as just kind of like a little palate cleanser between some of the heavier songs on the record. Uh, and then it moves on to the next one. It's kind of in and out real quick, little fun thing. Uh, and, you know, for four guys who grew up physically as far away from, like, what country should be, I think they do a pretty solid job for, like, four British dudes. Um, I wouldn't really dock any points on it other than just, like, it's not the most captivating thing they ever did. And there's a lot of better recordings and better songs. But uh, on the whole, I have no real gripes against the song. I like it. So that's my perspective. Ladies, what do you think? Who wants to start? Um, we'll let Tree start. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always like this song, and I realize it's one of those songs that I kind of like just always sang along to whenever I was younger. I'd, I'd say I radio know it. And like, I, and it was actually just a couple of days ago that my daughter was like, uh, do you realize that the movie is about a sad guy? This is a sad song. He's acting naturally because he's heartbroken. And I was like, oh, well, huh, what do you know? And I'm just thinking, oh, just act naturally. Are you going to be a big star someday? And she's like, no, about a, the movie's about a guy who's sad and lonely. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I missed that and sang along with it every time and you know, missed it. Because yeah. <laughs> Ringo definitely sells it as like Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky. You know, they're going to put me in the movies. But then you're like, wow, he, they may make a film about a man that's sad and lonely and all I have to do is act naturally. That's kind of dark and very but that's kind of that's what i love about it because you weren't you you don't expect it to be that deep when you first listen to it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then it's that listening to it the 1002nd time it's like oh now i get it yeah yeah. yeah, I was when I first heard the oh, song. Oh, do you uh, should she rank now or you? Want well, to... well, he has it ranked at two hundred. Rank it as we go. I would not put Ringo down at two hundred, only because whenever we play Beatles at home, they always make me beat Ringo. And so <laughs> in my heart, in my heart, I'm better than that. Ringo at least needs to be in the top one hundred. <laughs> There are pl- there is still plenty of Ringo to come because there's still 200 songs for us to do on this podcast. So, so sure if we're ranking from like one to ten, like oh, how much we like no. it, like well, you you can give it a ranking like that, or if you would say like you know, in your in your head in the in a list of 223 songs by the Beatles, even if you don't know all 223, where mm-hmm. would you ballpark this song? Higher, lower than 200? I would 
say I would say higher because I love I love how they put um how there's that kind of it almost is like a hopefulness like you know there's a there's a joy like in the vocal of the singer mm-hmm. I think in both versions but also that the message is super sad but um, it's it, it makes you listen to the song because otherwise then you're running around like Ringo Jr. here and you're like they're gonna put me in the movie when you you know what I'm saying but it really makes you I love I love when music does that when it makes you absolutely have to go and listen kind of like Jesus and alcohol if you don't listen at Jesus and alcohol right off the bat you're like oh. Who do they think they are? Right. But you know, when you listen to it, then it takes a whole it takes on a whole new meaning. And so, um, so I would definitely rank it above two hundred, like a lower number, like closer to one, like above one hundred. Oh, in the top one hundred. Like, yeah. Okay. And like okay, okay. So technically, that's like so the number is lower, but not one hundred. Yeah, I'm just trying to pretend like on a scale from one to ten, I would rank this an eight, and I'm not okay. generous. I'm not generous on my number giving, and I'm usually. But I, a, I just love the song, and then B, Toy Story really took it to the next level for me, and then um, C, huh? Hmm. That was hell when Toy Story wasn't. No, it was. I imagine it was Toy Story. Hmm. I, I miss Toy Story. I mean, it may be like Toy Story. I, I think it's, it, it, it may be Toy Story 2. So oh, nothing after the original matter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a fact check, and if it's not true, we'll cut it. Okay. So don't worry about it. Like if it's true, we'll leave it in. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't really, seen Toy Story either. These last 15 seconds never have. Never have. <laughs> so an eight. That's awesome. Okay, I like it. Yeah. So I, I really fell in love with it, and especially kind of getting more in depth to it and fig- like finding out like, you know, that, oh my God, that's just sad that you're going to be natural and play the saddest part. Right. So, yeah. um, so in the top 100 for me and a number eight on a scale from one to 10. All right. Devin, how about you? Well, guys. <laughs> oh no. She hated it. That's I okay. Don't, I don't hate the song. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Um, I think 200 is a pretty appropriate. I, I would say, uh, I mean, I'm, look, y'all know I don't know just like a crap ton of Beatles songs, but of the ones that I do know, it's probably my least favorite. You know, I, I it's just something, I don't know what it is about, like, you ever have like a song that you don't know what it is about it that you like or sometimes <laughs> or don't like or you don't like and for me it's just something about it that doesn't sit right with my spirit and on a scale from one to ten <laughs> you know what I will give it don't be generous I'm not I'm yeah, be real with it it's not a negative number no 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 no, no. I would say like a solid five because I still like the music the message I, I didn't get it at first but you know after hearing the other I mean it makes sense after I told you about it <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm gonna just 
Sorry, I'm such a downer, guys. No, not at all. Not you at all. Everyone, that's why we love this. That's why we love to talk to people who have different opinions from us. Like, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. If if we all just sat around and were like, the Beatles are amazing 24-7, like, no one would listen because that's oh, super boring. boring. Yeah, super boring. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. It's like, it's a little campy, like a little saccharine, you know, but I think that kind of lends itself to, like you said, like the dark theme of the song. Like, that's their way, way of, like, hiding that. Um, but it is. It's a, it's a little campy. It's a little saccharine, like, um, and it just doesn't land with you, which, you know, and I'm with you. Like, it's a fine song. It's not a great song, but it's a fine right. song. Like, I don't hate it. It's not bad. It's fine. I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Yeah. Sure. It's just take it or leave it. I'm going to leave it if I do. What did y'all think of it in comparison to the original? I mean, it follows pretty close. Maybe Buck really Owens is a little does. bit like a little bit more laid back. Not that the Beatles is like a rock version necessarily, but right. I like the original better. Right, me too. I like like Buck's voice is just I don't know. They've acquired taste. <laughs> well, I would like to hear Buck yes. sing "Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer." Ooh. Right. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. As soon as I heard the original, I was like, but I think I think his voice kind of does kind of it helps to kind of bring that like dark side. It, it, it almost has like a little like a jagged edge on it. Yeah. So it kind of helps convey the story. And then um, Ringo's his voice is just kind of like it's, it's just super like sweet though. Like, yeah, it's just like the the. I don't know. It's almost clownish. Like, not that he's a clown, but like he just plays that kind of like big-eyed goofball. You know, like yeah. hey guys. You know. So. Yeah. Uh, when you said clownish, it was like the perfect description. <laughs> so I, yeah. like, I didn't send this to y'all. I regret not sending it. There's a version of this song from 1989 where Ringo and Buck Owens re-recorded this. It's, oh, y'all! It's awful. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's like. <laughs> It's really like dated 80s like production. Oh. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. We'll make the film about a man that's sad and lonely. And all I gotta do is act naturally. Well, I bet you I'm gonna be a big star Might win an Oscar, you can never tell The movie's gonna make me a big star Cause I can play the part so well Well, I hope you'll come see me in my- I couldn't imagine it would be too good, man. <laughs> it's on youtube yeah make sure you pull up the video like not oh. just the song you have to watch the video because oh, that really man. enhances oh yeah it's it's bad it's bad it's bad looking forward to it i just sat there like he showed it to jonathan showed it to me last night and i just sat there just cringing the whole time just like oh yeah. oh please make it stop <laughs> Make it over. He made you watch it all the way through. He did. Oh, yeah. It's oh, research. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta do it for the show. Gotta do my research. Right. right. Or it's like when you, like when you smell something bad, you're like, no, you gotta smell it. <laughs> this tastes, this tastes awful. Try it. 
exactly. So at 200, what do you think, Julia? Um, I think I, I feel pretty good about the 200. Yeah. Like, as you said, like, there's re- there's not a whole lot of... You say there's no bad songs. I disagree. I think there are some bad songs, but I don't think this is one of them. I find it charming. You know, it's cute. It's charming. It's a, it's a fun little song to sing along to. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Like... It's fine. There's definitely worse. There's definitely better. Yeah. I think it's a good placement. Does it make you more interested to check out Ringo's solo country album? Um, only because you said it's good. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I you guys should check it out too. Album. It's I didn't I think I, I think if I had like a cleaning day or something like that, like mm. maybe I'd be willing to just kind of put it on and let it see what it does but i don't know about me like just sitting down wholeheartedly being like let me listen at this Beatles country album i have a comparison to make i am a big old beatles fan and i love me some ring of star but i had the album and i gave it away like like not long ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, like maybe i gotta revisit it but I didn't think I was going to like it, but like, I guess the, the story was like, there's a a pedal steel player named uh, Pete Drake who had been playing on George Harrison's uh, first solo record. And Ringo was doing some work on that record and they were just kind of palling around in Ringo's car. And Pete Drake noticed that Ringo had a bunch of, um, bunch of country albums in his car. And they started talking and, you know, about how much Ringo liked country. And the guy goes, well, you know, you, you really ought to come to Nashville and we'll do a country record. And he said, well, I was thinking about doing that here in London. And the guy was like, no, man, nobody in London will be the band you want. Come to Nashville. So he went to Nashville. I think it's two days in the studio. They were tracking like seven songs a day. And it's just like good old school country stuff like surprisingly a good listen you might also grade like all beatles things on a curve that's so. <laughs> possible that's also possible so okay so i think we're i like where we've landed on this um you know one of the things i wanted to ask y'all as, as a country act you know there's a long history of i think of rock bands or rock artists and country artists kind of secretly wanting to do the other thing that that other person does uh, it's kind of like actors and musicians. They always want to beat each other. Um, and it seems like, you know, it, nowadays more so, if a rock artist does a country album or a country artist does a rock album, um, the fans of the original genre don't want to touch that other thing. You know, what is it that y'all think keeps those two things separate? Because I feel like nobody could throw a country song in the middle of a rock album now and have it make sense. I think honestly, well, maybe more so earlier 2000s, but even now, like, I think it'll be a lot easier to throw a rock song in a country album because modern country to me, it was, it was very rock and roll until it became pop, like the last couple years. Cause like, you know, you have the heavy, the heavy, like crunchy guitar and everything else. Mm -hmm. And like, and then you even have like all the like the big country artists like who was it Carrie Underwood she redid Home Sweet Home and I was like why do I know all the words oh this is Motley Crue <laughs> <laughs> but like I don't really I don't see it going the other, other way I'm yeah. gonna say but I have to say whenever uh, Disturbed did their version of like Sound of Silence is not a country song but when they did that it like completely like switched it up like you know what y'all can do whatever y'all want yeah <laughs> Like that was a game changer for sure. Yeah. But um, I think also to maybe piggyback on that, I think that there is, I think maybe right now, I feel like probably like a year ago, it would have still been like super like 
like we don't mix these worlds but now kind of with like you know the emerging of like TikTok and all of these worlds coming together on one thing and they they have like hip hop which you know which is mm-hmm. like country music and like hardcore hip hop and so there, there there is like a ton of fusion stuff right now Nelly has probably more country songs out right now than I think that he had on country grammar and so <laughs> but it's just we watched we were watching um CMT music and it was just like he has a video with Jimmy Allen he has a video with Kane Brown he's really? just like Yes, and so Nelly is, and his doing, song with Jimmy Allen is one of. It's my really good. It's that. really good. Nice. You can take a listen to it. I kind of feel like like listeners to music kind of evolve from like little kids who don't want their peas to touch the mashed potatoes to touch. They don't want their food to touch, and now yeah. everybody's growing up and we're eating at the same table. It just mixes it all together, right? <laughs> but also, but I do, but I do a hundred percent agree with you on that. Um, those people who try to make a crossover, there is something that. I think when fans see you one way, it's so, unless you're like constantly evolving and, you know, as you're evolving, you're, you're turning into this and you're turning into this. But I think once the moment that you stop and you try to go back and say, you know what, I'm going to do a country record or I'm going to do a rock record. I think the fans are like, whoa, who are you trying to do this? Like, I only, like, you know, it's like if Britney Spears tried to do a country, I was like, no, Britney, we want to see you in a tank of bra and a tank top with a snake around your neck and play for you, nothing else. So, yes, and oil that body up, honey. And so, and it's like, so you, and so in a sense, I think fans, sometimes it's hard to be like, or sometimes they'll give you a chance, but when you give you a chance, you better go out swinging because other Otherwise, it takes you one time to mess up and done. Yeah. Yeah. You need to nail it. Like, if you're going out of your box, you need to, like, nail it. Or else people are going to be like, no, we're done here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Or it was kind of even like Lady Gaga when she did the um, she did the movie with Bradley Cooper, but they had the song Shallow. Like, perfect. You know, it was a great song. She delivered well. And it was, like, one of the biggest songs of 2019. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I think if done right or when done right and marketed right, you know, I think there's a lot of things that have to work in order for the people to be like, that's my girl. Right. But fans are brutal. They yeah. will let no ass know in a heartbeat. <laughs> like, this ain't it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a quick pause uh, for just a moment and we're going to come back. We'll do some rapid fire questions. Cool. Awesome. We'll be right back. I knew it was raining, but I didn't see it pouring. It was daisies and sunshine. Then you hear the door and now you're gone. always said booze was no good for me Jesus always said to love thine enemy so I hugged his bottle I'm two shots down well he performed the miracle from water to wine but I believe I'll need something a little stronger 
Are back. Are we ready for some rapid fire? Yeah. My voice got real high there. Not rapid ready. fire? <laughs> awesome. So, uh, I haven't done this with three people before, so we'll just go um, my left to right, I guess. So we'll go, we'll go treat Danica, Devin. Um, okay. Favorite Beatles song? Go. Oh, God, not uh, me. <laughs> it's still raining. 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 It's still It's still It's still It's Beatles song. The one that you're like, I hate this song. Jeez, no, no, no. For no one. Yellow submarine. Okay. So just to clarify, just clarifying. So Tree, you're saying for no one? Yes. It's Ooh. a great song, but <sighs> oh, for personal reasons. I don't like it. Okay. Personal reasons? I get, I get you. I get you on that. We See, it's a good song, song. It's my least favorite to listen to because y'all not about to have me crying in public. <laughs> and then Danica, you, you sing Yellow Submarine. Yes. Take it back. I can't. It's just over. It's over polarizing. Done, you know? It's polarizing. Right, you know, and I'm on the North Pole because <laughs> <laughs> I will fight you to get there. And then Devin, you're saying. Act naturally, <laughs> but I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you the, I'm gonna give you like the grade on a curve though, because you, you admitted that like you don't know a ton of Beatles songs. Right, like I can, I'm not gonna listen. When I say I don't know a ton, I don't know many. I don't know. Songs. So I don't know how far I'm gonna even get to these rapid fire questions. So if you hear me say the same song, that's the only one I know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like, wow. But right. your favorite was a solid choice. Like that is a great yeah, song. That is so, a jam. Like yeah. you totally could have fooled us. That that is a jam. Yeah. Uh, favorite Beatles album. Revolver. Yeah. Um. Um. I'm gonna say the one. I don't know the name of it. What does it look like the one when they're walking across yes. the street? Abbey Road. <laughs> Abbey Road. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The one with Don't Let Me Down. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All right. Okay. This is probably my favorite question that we get to ask. Uh, and I'm not expecting much out of you on this one, Devin. So don't stress if you don't have a, 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 an answer for this. A magical uh, mystery tour. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, your favorite memory associated with a Beatles song or a Beatle or something like that. Okay, don't start on I'm going to go because I actually have an answer. Oh, okay. So we actually do a cover to Don't Let Me Down. And the first time that I heard it, 
was whenever they, we, they were like, we're going to do Don't Let Me Down by the Beatles. I'm like, let me listen to it. And when we did our version of it, I just, it really made me fall in love with it because we put like a little kind of modern, yeah. more kind of upbeat. Just little. always performing that song gets me super hyped. So nice. I always try to put it on the set list. Fantastic. That's, that's great though, because like you got, y'all are like in this really cool kind of situation where, you know, singing with, with, with relatives is always kind of like a really special uh, thing, you know, like having like sung with like my own brother, like when you can sing with like your sister and your cousin, like it's a cool, I think, place to be, uh, you know, on stage, like to have that moment and like to do that thing together. I you said is a really cool there's no, you a, said a really special there's a really special nightmare. I said special nightmare? No, no. Oh. When you, <laughs> you said it was a really special there's a, a really special nightmare. <laughs> I can tell that y'all have like been in a van together for a while. <laughs> Oh yeah, too, too long, too long. <laughs> I love it, but no, I think that that's a great answer, though, Devin. I love it. I love it. Thank you. So, now, what was the question again? All right, so it's <laughs> your favorite memory or moment associated with something Beatles related. I'm gonna have to go with the first time I heard yesterday. Like it was truly, it was just one of those moments. It may have been the first moment that I really was able to like to sit down and, and wonder like wow, like, how does this song make me feel this way? And, like, listening to the words and, like, and being able to, to, to correlate that. So that was just, like, a whole breakdown moment. So it could have been, like, my first experience in, like, dissecting music, like, you know, as a kid and, you know, really trying to get in tune with what these feelings are and how does that correlate to the song. So yeah. the Beatles kind of kicked it off for me. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Tree, how about you? In 1932, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I there are just so many, but I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my Eleanor Rigby because I gotta say there was a, there was an octopus's garden moment, but we're not going there. <laughs> but but like it's maybe because like Eleanor Rigby, like aside from like two other Johnny Cash songs, like I didn't understand first of all why. Are so emotional when they listen to music and stuff but when I tell you I was like I had to go ask my mom where do the lonely people come from (laughs) (laughs) but like 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 they have they have a way of like just pulling it out of you Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm telling you Father McKenzie I was like I I, I would listen to his sermon where does he teach where does he preach where does he live (laughs) I love it that is fantastic y'all well my goodness this has been Super, super fun. Um, let's switch gears real quick. Y'all have a fast, a fantastic new single out, Jesus and Alcohol. Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about that. So we've got a new single out. <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't I set that up for success. I'm sorry. <laughs> Usually, as, since it's three of us, sometimes a lot of the times, like different questions, like or especially easier questions, like maybe certain people will try to jump in on. I take the easy one. And so, like, I just assumed that they were going to jump in because they. <laughs> and so, um, but we got this new single, Jesus and Alcohol, and it has been 
going, I mean, it's been going crazy. Um, we are at um, number two, number two, CMT 12 pack countdown. Boom, boom, boom. Yes. Y'all, that is fantastic. Three weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Yes, three, three weeks at number two. And who, We're who's so at number hard. one? Who's been, who's been at number one the whole time? It's been rotating out. Okay. So the first Keith week, we were, it was Keith Urban, Chapel Heart, Keith Urban. Okay. So. <laughs> the Keith Urban sandwich. <laughs> Right. I said, oh, he must have really <laughs> the, the reverse Oreo. Okay, Keith. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd be further in my career before I'd be doing things like this. <laughs> okay. But, um, so we've been holding at number two. So first of all, if any of you who can, y'all go check us out on Facebook or um, Instagram, and y'all click the link and go vote. You can vote unlimitedly. So if you you can um, carve out like four hours a day and just go vote for Chapel Heart on CMT, that'd be perfect. I'll drop the the link for that in in our show notes. Thank you so much. Yes. And let's talk about the video because there's a pretty amazing cameo in that video. Me, I was in it. Amazing. Yeah, about that. Yeah, I think the so. Actress of the year goes to <laughs> Devin. I do still miss you, I but um, we had the pleasure and the honor to work with the one and only, <laughs> the one and only Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top, and you did. Yeah, we had the privilege and the honor of working with the one and only Billy Gibbons. <laughs> I hope that when he like came on set, you got that y'all did that. Yeah, well, something like that. We were just kind of like uh, we're like the worst people to meet celebrities because we either are like way too like calm or we're like uh, like so it's like there's no, no like, middle ground. Yeah. yeah, Tree almost jumped on Charlie Pride when we met him, and I was like, Tree, no, <laughs> he's feeble. He's, old, he's up there in age. Please this. don't break his back. <laughs> on the flip side of that i was backstage and i was like oh those four old men are dressed like okay um so it's crazy so we and zz top had the same manager and um i mean we had the same booking agent and our uh our booking agent jeff hill knows how much billy loves all things music like there was an article where it was like spotted in a convenience store in uh la uh billy gibbons uh snoop dogg and morris day uh, and i was like what what's going on that's a dinner party i really want to go to yep right <laughs> right fantasy awakened right but um but it was so it was just one of those moments where he sent the music to billy billy listened to him, he was like whoa you know this is this is he was like this is like rude what is this I love you, and so yeah there you go and so then he sends him our picture and he was like what he was like you're kidding you're alive this is not real and so he was like these he sent him a little more music and he was like these girls are amazing he was like whatever i can do to help them or be a part of what they're doing please let me know and um the old blessed covid came and shut down everything for zz top so he it allowed him to be able to come to the video shoot and the rest is history and he came in and it was just he was so good and so one of the most humble people that you will ever ever meet Mm -hmm. and you know i mean it's just the the truest 
a testament to just stay grounded, just be human, be kind. He's so kind and he's so like, you know, he's just like, he's like hanging out with a, with your old uncle who used to be a rock star, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, he has all these amazing stories, but you know, you would think that he just kind of like, you know, kind of shot. No, he will give you them, he will give them all to you. And, but it's just so much wisdom and knowledge. And, you know, he was like, I was like, if you could leave us with any advice, what would you say? He was like, he was like, stay together for 50 years. And I was like, I like that. Yeah. He was like, do whatever you can to stay together for 50 years. I know they're going to look bad in 50 years, but me. <laughs> do it. I right. Right. Join me, so. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. It's so, so nice to hear, like, stories of kindness in the music mm-hmm. industry, because I'm sure you all know it is a tough place to yeah. exist. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's it's so nice to like hear a refreshing story of someone that is like, oh yeah, sure, I'll go do a video with them. They're amazing. Let me help them. Let me, you know, take my yes. my power, my you know, my my privilege, my everything that comes yes. with me, and like help bring up all these people that I think are talented. Like that's it's so nice to hear. And Maybe I think it's amazing that you say that because I think it used to be like that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, where people would just be like, I heard this artist, I saw this artist. I got to help them out. And they would bring you on and you could do an opening song or two at their show. And they would just introduce you to the world. And maybe they didn't give you, you know, a ton of money or whatever, but they gave you a chance. And I think that used to be such a big thing, but everything's so like money driven. And, you know, it's like, you know, this label paid them this much. So they're going to have them as an opening artist for this person. Mm -hmm. So it's so it's gotten so political in the music business, but you're absolutely right. It's so good to see that. There's still people who are like, you know, they use their power for good. Yeah. It's like, there was, I forget who it was, it was, and it's a phrase that stuck in my head for a while that you've mentioned before. And it's the idea of sending the elevator back down. Like, you were able to ride it up to the top and send that thing back down so the next person can come up with you. Like, I forget where that came from. Unfortunately, that was Kevin Spacey. Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, but the idea is still good and sure. wonderful. And, yeah. Like, just not the, the guy. <laughs> I don't want to be in the elevator with Kevin. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> so, so where can our listeners uh, find all things Chapel Heart? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, um, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere. everywhere. Your living room. I know she has a CD. Um, Amazon, Deezer, Title. You just type it in. We're oh, all over. Beautiful, all over. beautiful. I even Shazam this a couple of times. I was like, what the hell was that? Did you see it? <laughs> Isn't that fun to do? I love Shazamming myself. I'm like, oh my God, it's my band. Um, <laughs> they know me. Right? They know me. The algorithm knows who I am. I know you. <laughs> right. <laughs> do y'all have any, uh, any live streams coming up? Oh. We don't have any, we don't have any live streams, but we do have some live performances coming up. And where are those dates at? Um, We're going to be performing this weekend in Richland, Mississippi. It's up near Jackson. And for all of our NOLA folks, if you want to come and see us live and in person, we're going to be at the Whiskey Bar and Past Christian. And it's only like an hour away from the city. So, right. So for the for those who have had no live music for nine months, uh, it's time to have that music. Made. Right, it's available. It's make that drive, and you know, and the Gulf Coast is a great place, even if you get a room for a night. You know what I mean? Just just make a make a weekend of it. But we're going to be playing there the twenty fourth and the twenty fifth 
And um, also, we've got some exciting news. We've got a well. All these sort of shows are sold out, but uh, <laughs> nice. we're, gonna be, we're gonna be playing um, Jesse, 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 Jane Free, Free, and Dixie Inc. Yes. Right. Yes, Jesse James from Jackal. I was like, Jesse James Dupree is a Jackal. Nice. Oh, yes. Wait, is, so it, is, this, is this the dude that plays the chainsaw from Jackal? Yes! Yes! Oh, dude. Yes! Dude, when I, I used to play in this band Cowboy Mouth, and we did a festival. Ah! We did this festival. It was like the like the Louisville Rock Fest or some generic-like festival. And... We got there early and Jackal was playing and I watched this dude just like play a chainsaw into a microphone and then cut up a, a, a bar stool <laughs> like as part of the as part of the show. It was it was rocking. It was great. You don't, you don't get more rock and roll than playing the there was, chainsaw. Like, there was sawdust everywhere. <laughs> Did he have eye protection? No. Oh, no. Nah. Eye protection is not rock and roll. That's true. That's probably not. I hope they have good insurance. It's like asking somebody who's like rock and roll and riding a motorcycle, do you have like, your helmet? <laughs> <laughs> your elbow pads? <laughs> elbow pads on rock and roll, mom. Gosh. <laughs> no to everyone. But, so we've got a, we're playing a couple of sh- uh, sold out shows with with him in December. So that's super Fantastic. amazing. Honey, pray for us. We don't know what to expect, but. <laughs> I hope he doesn't need Chapel Heart to play the chainsaw. Right. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm just going to ask, can I start with like the power drill or something? <laughs> the cordless um, screwdriver. A chainsaw. A there you go. Go <laughs> bigger, go home. Go bigger, go home. But with that being said, even though those shows are sold out, the tickets are still available for our past Christian show. So yeah, y'all can check us out. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Gang, this has just been fantastic. I'm so glad to talk to (laughs) y'all. I look forward to uh, getting together again and writing some more songs with y'all and seeing y'all play live again. And uh, hopefully we can do that soon. Hear the songs we've written. Yes, likewise. And the ones and the ones we're gonna write. Right, because right. now, now I'm like, we got to write something that's like a killer guitar part to get Billy Gibbons to come play on. Yes. Well, ladies, it has been fantastic to get to talk to y'all. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and uh, chatting Beatles with you. I hope we can do it again soon. Absolutely. Thank y'all for having us. Y'all stay safe on the road. We'll see you real soon. Okay. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Chapel Heart, my friends. How about that? Amazing. Aren't they the best? so wonderful. I really like them. They're good people. Also, I really want to check out their TikTok because yeah. they are super charming yes. and I think I'm just going to go on a limb and assume their TikTok is amazing. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I don't follow many things on TikTok, but... You have a TikTok? I do have a TikTok. What? I yeah. don't have a TikTok? I mean, I actually had a discussion about my TikTok last night with somebody and I had realized they were like, I just sent you something and I didn't even have it on my phone because I deleted it months ago. <laughs> Whatever, though. But um, I think I'm too old to have a TikTok. We're, we're too old for TikTok. It's okay. Uh, but anyway, that in mind, my friends, um, what do you guys think? Act naturally at 200? Yay or nay? We want to know. So go ahead and uh, leave your comments on the Facebook or the Instagram or wherever you have heard this episode. And uh, let us know what you think. Have you enjoyed the show? Please leave us a good five-star rating wherever you would like to um, tell all your friends about us smash that subscribe button all that good stuff any words of wisdom before we sign off my dear um, 
Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of a long day. It's true. And um, I'm ready to go have some dinner. You deserve it. We're going to go have dinner. You guys stay cool till next week, and we will be back with a fresh, hot new episode for you then. Until then, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. And this is Ranking the Beatles. Adios. Bye, y'all.